Morning, everyone. Thursday, February 16. The Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you were listening. And last night, the Sydney Kings went 1-0 up in their semi-final series against the Cairns Taipans. They were down by night at halftime, though, but they turned it on in the third quarter and their MVP, Xavier Cooks, starred. Uh, we've got a huge game in the Premier League kicking off in less than an hour's time. Top of the table, Arsenal and Manchester City. will bring you up to date throughout the morning with that. Uh, this uh, Aussie team for the second test starts tomorrow. Uh, still question marks. Feels like the whole tour has been a big question mark so far. Uh, interest today across the ditch as New Zealand start a test series or two test series against England. And there's a day-night test there at Mount Maunganui. And these are England's final tests before the Ashes as well. So we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, Heading into the weekend's pre-season challenge matches, the World Club Challenge, also the Charity Shield. Adam Reynolds is injured. So he has a tight back. He won't be risked against the Cowboys, the Broncos' most important player. And uh, they're all going to be without Reese Walsh. The news yesterday that he has a fractured eye socket. So Selwyn Cobbo. Uh, moves to fullback for their trial against the Cowboys this week. Plenty to talk about. And Pup, how are you on a Thursday, mate? Morning, boys. Uh, morning to everyone. Trundle, you went for today. Yeah, Trundle. Just yeah, I've, everyone loves I've, a Trundle bed. Well, yeah, bad memories with Trundle. What lost, happened? Well, one of those cricket grand final. One of those early young grand finals mm. that I lost. What sport? <laughs> League. Oh. They knocked us off. Oh well, at least you made it. At least you qualified. Nah. The Aussies would like to make it to the grand final. What team are they going to pick? Sounds like Cameron Green is much closer than expected. Had a positive net session. Yeah, so he must have faced some quicks for the first time. Um, Mitchell Stark's still uncertain, but I I nearly think Cameron Green's probably more important in regards to the setup of the team. And if he is fit, I would imagine they'll go too quick. So if Stark's not fit, then they'll go... um, who am I thinking of? Cummins and Boland. And Boland. They'll stick with those two, I reckon. Where's Hazelwood? What's still not right. He's been ruled out. Yeah, still not right. So been a disaster so far. Let's the only it. thing is, what if what if Cameron Green's they they d- determine he's fit and Stark are taken both into the Test match, and something happens to both of them? It's a big risk, especially in Indian conditions. But in saying that, I, I think Australia have to win this Test match. I think if there's, if there's any hint of, if you think those two, well, to me, Cameron Green particularly, if he's if he's close enough, he's good enough. I reckon get him in. Mm. And then you can go two quicks, Cameron Green, two spinners. That sounds right. That's what I think they'll do, even mm. though they're going to have to go both right arm off spinners. Um, I, I, I reckon they're not going to pick Travis Head. I think they're going to go with Renshaw and Hanscom again. Oh, Otherwise, I think that it's going to be a... They're going to be putting their hand up saying they made a mistake. So he looked extremely down. The footage I saw of Travis Head at training the other day, he just looks devastated. Mm. Poor fella. So anyway, we'll, uh, we're a day away from finding out what's going on. G'day, Loza. Hey, gentlemen. Um, and good morning to our listeners. I'm just trying to work out what's wrong with getting it wrong. Nah, well, don't ask me. I get it wrong every day. No, as in, <laughs> and I'm not talking like, selection. It happens with footy teams. It happens yeah. with everything yeah. with selections. Like, but they don't think they have got it wrong. They've uh, Maca, Andrew McDonald's come out, and and I think Pat Cummins has come out, and they've they've made it very clear that they think they they've made the right choices. They think they went the right way in the first Test match. Is mm. is in laws? You're saying why can't they just go and pick Travis Head and yeah. say yes, we got it wrong? Yeah, yeah, we 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 went down a different path. We were giving Matt Renshaw a better opportunity because we thought he was a better option. Yep. Um, what we saw in that first test, um, we feel like you know now that Travis Head needs to come back in, we need a bit more experience in the middle order. You could make up a plenty of reasons why you're recalling Travis Head and why you're discarding. Matt Renshaw, um, and or you just say, well, we got it wrong. It, you know, it's just as simple as that. Or this pitch, we need a bit of bowling from Travis Head as well. You know, he's a he's a he's a good um, off spinner. Um, we need some more variety in our attack, and that's what we're going to do. But look, I'm sure um, they'll look at the pitch and hopefully don't get spooked again and pick what they feel is the best team that's going to take 20 wickets and. We can equal the you know win this game and and go to one all and it's all over again. It's it's equal. 
equal footing. But um, at this stage, you know, feeling like it, it's feeling like Australia are just second guessing themselves all the time, and they're trying to be strong in their wording of everything that they say. You know, they're, they're, we've got no worries. I saw Pat Cummins last night on the front bar. Who's at the front bar? Channel 7? Yeah, yeah. Is that what they call it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I saw the interview there. It was yeah. quite funny, actually, the, the interview. But he seems as though um, he was dismissive of any criticism that's come their way. They were asking him about Steve Smith and the thumbs up. And he said, well, he's the best player of spin in Australian history over in India. So he seems pretty confident with what Steve Smith's doing. Um, but I think this Australian cricket team, they're very confident. But if they're very confident with the chat, they've got to be confident on the field. And we'll see how they go. Speaking of confidence and getting it wrong, sorry about that tip I sent you last night. I received a text message, uh, mm. one of the more confident tips in, in some time. Can over. I read it? You read parts of it? <laughs> yeah, you can read parts of it. Well, so is. I thought, okay, I'd better share this with just at least one or two mm. people. And you were the first person I thought of. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This this is what I received, and I'll just paraphrase. Uh, race four, number one. It's, it was at Ascot. Yeah. In WA, yeah. Best horse the trainers ever had. One first up, blistering time. Jarred up in the second race. It given a month off. Will win. <laughs> was was going to run on Saturday. It was 30 to 1. Yeah, and thought it would win and on Saturday. And thought it would win, but we decided the easy kill. Load up. <laughs> Currently around three. We expect to get the shot, a start a lot a lot uh, shorter, cl- shorter yeah. a lot shorter, closer to closer to two bucks or even shorter. Well, it drifted to uh, yeah. upwards of three fifty, and then I started to get worried. <laughs> it's run third; it hasn't run terribly, <laughs> but fair to say it's run below the expectations of that text message. <laughs> well, I'm thinking this is a certainty: thirty to one on Saturday, and they've taken it out for an easy kill. So it's going to be running in a race Wednesday class horses. Three bucks. How good. What a game it is. Oh, it's a game. As I said to you, Mido, I can walk onto a track and I might know the person I'm speaking to, but if they said to me, listen, race five, number two, yeah, what do I do? I go and have a bean on race five, number two. You go find your nearest bookie. And back page of the telly today, fans pray for Appy ending. And there's uh, Appy Coruscant with one of the other Tigers recruits in Charlie Staines there yesterday. And Appy Coruscant doing plenty of media. He's going to be on our show, in fact, this morning after 8 o'clock. We'll speak to the, the new Tigers captain. And uh, he's naturally been asked plenty this week about you know his comments post the... Grand final victory for Penrith when he had a little subtle dig after he had plenty after celebrating that premiership, but he is dead serious that they can make the eight this year. Interesting as well, a bit of an old-fashioned way of finding the captain, Tim Sheens. Apparently, he asked all the players and coaches of of the Tigers team to basically give their preference for captain and their second preference, and Appy won in a landslide. I actually like it, even, I know it sounds, to some it might, People might think, well, at the professional level, they're doing that. I don't mind it. Find with Tim is that some of the things he'll do will be old school. And I heard him say last night, uh, Appy, uh, Denny White, I was interviewing him, and he was talking about how you know Tim is, you know, last coach ten years ago, and they were laughing about the old and the new with Benji. You know, he's fresh ideas and, and new ideas, but Tim. He's very good on the detail, but he's also very knowledgeable. And he's a bit like Wayne Bennett in that regard. They won't float in and out of that ride, emotional roller coaster, where they're up and down, they're up and down, uh, depending on the result of the game. He'll always stay even, and he'll always be even keeled, and he'll give good, honest, direct feedback, and he'll help someone. So so if you are being dropped or you're not doing well with your defence or whatever part of the game it is, he actually gives you the detail to help go and fix your game to come back a better player um, and they'll learn a lot from just having an experienced coach around uh, and someone with that demeanour I reckon the West Tigers, but Abby Coruscant there's, 
yeah, he's won three competitions. You know, he's won two with Penrith, one with South. Um, and there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be their most influential player this year if they're to get off the bottom of the competition table. His skill level is excellent. He gives great variety and deception out of dummy half. He should allow these West Tigers forwards to get over the advantage line and hopefully Dewey and, and Brooks can play off off the back of that. But, yeah, Tim, Tim Sheens, in terms of how he selects his captain, it doesn't matter how he selects it as long as he gets the right person that the players are going to follow. Uh, now, also the back page of the telly in the Australian as well, an exclusive with News Corp here. $1.3 billion offer to break NRL player strike threat. Price is right is the headline there. And uh, now that's an offer, $1.3 billion to buy a piece on the back page of the Australian. And it sounds like that uh, the NRL uh, in these CBA negotiations have upped the overall figure, of, and, and particularly in relation to the fund for retirement. Uh, for, for player hardship, and uh, they want feedback from the RLPA on what to do with about $30 million of that money, but they're locked in negotiations for the next couple of days. The issue is is the RLPA wants to control that particular fund, so uh, I think the NRL's gone, well, we'll put more in it, but yeah, we, we want, want control. control. Yeah, and I can understand that too. Um, it, it's, a, it's a funny one because um, if, if you're the governing body and you were to give a group of people $150 million and say they wasted that $150 million, all of a sudden people would be asking questions of the governing body going, why would you just hand $150 million over to let them waste it? Mm-hmm. So they would want an input, quite rightly, I believe, on how that's split up and where does it go. Uh, and I know the players want to control it, but I think governance-wise, it would be better if the two bodies got together and they worked out where exactly they wanted to spend it, for me. Um, I can understand not wanting one party in control, but a, a joint fund controlled jointly, I, th- I think that would work. I, I, I can understand why the players would want it, but again, you got to protect that money and you've got to make sure that it's just not wasted willy-nilly. Uh, now, also on, in the Herald today, Maguire, I knocked back Jones out of loyalty to Stewart. So Eddie Jones uh, went and tried to get Michael Maguire on the Wallabies coaching staff, but uh, Maguire's pretty happy there uh, under Ricky Stewart there at the Raiders. And it sounds like uh, in these quotes with Michael Maguire that he's still very much a career rugby league coach and wants to be back coaching first grade sooner rather than later. All those quotes, when you read it, it's all about I want to be a head coach again. Um, And that's the opportunity that that Ricky's given Madge to go down there to Canberra um, to work on the ground with the players, to stay involved, and when another opportunity rises, put his hand up and and, and take it with both hands. But Michael McGuire, premiership winning coach, got a lot to offer. Uh, They love him down there at the moment, uh, what he's been doing. Uh, I think he works really well with Ricky, two experienced coaches that... Uh, they've got a young um, back line, but a super experienced forward pack. So I think the Raiders, if they can keep everyone on the paddock this season, can have a decent year. Uh, they won't want anything um, other than just be injury-free. They, they're injury-free. They play finals football, I think. Still in the mix for David Fafita as well, who hasn't made a decision on his future. So uh, it's between the Titans and the Raiders. Yeah. And, and that's for the next year, not this season. Correct. Um, look, David Fafita's a, a wonderful player. I, I think we still haven't seen him fulfil his, uh, his, his, his ability. He is a guy that... Oh, how would I say this? He's a guy that just... Other players don't know how to put him into space. Other players don't know how to give him the ball. And he's criticised because he doesn't go looking for the ball. Uh, and that's fine. You know, You want to see him do that a little bit more often. But Sometimes with these powerful back rowers, they play a different style of football to some other edge back rowers, for instance. Um, you know, if you put a Cam Murray on, the, on an edge, he, he doesn't um, have the same workload as he does as a, as a 13. Um, and then you start to question his influence on, on a game because you go, well, he's better suited to 13, which he, he is. But sometimes these edge forwards, they just don't get an opportunity to get themselves into the game. And if they haven't got players that can put them in the right space, it's difficult for them. But for David Fafida, 
yes, he does need to go looking for the ball a little bit more, but the others have got to work how are we best going to use him, how can we get him one-on-one with opponents, and when do we give him the football, how do we give him the football, and let's see what he can do then. So the Aussies arrived in Delhi yesterday, Pup. Um, David Warner, have you seen the picture of him walking through the airport? I have. Is he the US president? Plenty of security. <laughs> Welcome to India. There's a dead set army around him. Yeah, it's uh, it's what it's like over there, you know. There, uh, there's police officers everywhere. You've got the um, the escort once you get into the bus as well. There's normally six or seven police cars that uh, take you to your hotel or take you to the ground. Um, yeah, plenty of security, that's for sure. So on the back page of the Australian, perfect storm leaves Delhi test hopes on the ropes. So uh, as we discussed earlier, Mitchell Stark in serious doubt said he's still quite restricted in his finger and thought it would have progressed further by now. Says he still has some boxes to tick. Cameron Green? I don't reckon you can take Stark into the test match. Doesn't like sound like no, it. If, he, if he's saying that as well personally, then I think he's probably going to need... Like this, I think there's a week, it was six days or seven days between second test and third test. So that if that's coming out of Starkey's mouth, I reckon he's saying, I'll be right for the third test match. Uh, and Cameron Green believes he's still a good chance to play, considered it'll be uncomfortable to bat, but doesn't think it'll be an issue. So it's more a feel thing than actually, a, I guess, a restriction yeah. thing for him. Well, I think he's. I think if he's close enough, I think Australia got to pick him. I think he's, he, because it sounds like he can bowl fine. He just feels it batting. So it might be the jarring when the ball's hitting the bat, but. Um, yeah, it's going to be tough. You don't want to. It's hard, hard enough batting in those conditions, feeling a hundred percent. So you don't want to be thinking about your finger when you walk out to bat. But I think his bowling really helps this Australian lineup. If they go two quicks plus him, and then the two spinners, oh. I think that's a lot better um, variety and option. So yeah, let's. I, I think if he's close enough, hopefully they can they can get him in. Uh, just on the weather at Trundle on the text line. Morning, boys. Good old Trundle town. I drove my first winter in harness racing at Trundle back in 1995. Love the show. Uh, Damo at Orange. Good on you, Damo. Uh, yeah, I forgot what the lead team was called out there. I remember they had green jerseys, and that's about as much as I can remember. But uh, anyway, Skip from Robertson, were they the Trundle Sunflowers? No, I don't think so, Skip. Uh, by the way, on Country Towns, Junie, I meant to mention this earlier this week. If they saved the bank... Yes, stay of execution. Okay, so we need more so campaigning. So we need more campaigning. Um, but it, for now, it's, it's saved. Inevitable. It's saved. So well done to the people that rallied around in June. They got the bank. They just sit there? Hold off. Sit out the front, don't let anyone in? Protest? Uh, no, they, did. They, they got a bit of support it's good. off a lot of media organisations, which is good. See, they're... Made record profits, the Commonwealth Bank. You said it's the only bank in June currently? Yep. Yep. Love it. Mm. We're fighting for them. Save. Save the bank, boys. Save <laughs> the bank. Hashtag what? Protest. We need a, we, Hashtag we need a, we need Hashtag a line. sit on, sit on <laughs> ground and save don't the move. bank. <laughs> uh, Dick Payne is coming up shortly. Um, huge boost for the Cowboys, Loz. They're going to hold on to Jeremiah Nenai, it seems. A four-year extension. Uh, and that will keep him there at the Cowboys to the end of 2027. And reports indicated that the 19-year-old could have got way more elsewhere as well. Uh, 17 tries from 23 games last year. He's a Cairns junior. So we always love seeing, you know, the the locals staying in their own regions, I suppose. Something yeah. that we, we get a lot of people from the Hunter blowing up about quite a lot on the text line and what happens to, to Newcastle juniors. But uh, Jeremiah and I certainly one of the revelations of 2022. Oh, he had a big year, you know. He, he was fantastic, Jeremiah and Nenon. He, he came onto the scene with big raps. Uh, but then as a 19-year-old kid, to do what he did uh, was outstanding. He's a real try-scorer. Um, he finds himself into space. He, he defends really well. I actually remember when we were picking the Australian side at the end of last season for the World Cup. Anyhow, we're just talking about back rowers and you know, what we like, what we don't like, and what we see their strengths and weaknesses. And Anyhow, we're just talking about then I in the season that he had and, and Mal said to me, he said, oh, he spoke to Billy Slater about him. You know, what was he like in origin camp? And Billy Slater said to Mal that he 
um, couldn't have given him a big enough rap and just said the things that he does for such a young man and to identify getting into space but also reading defence and how to sort of stay on a man but then when he knows that that's not the person that's going to run the ball to be able to check and release to go to the next bloke was second to none. He said his footy IQ was out of this world. Um, so for a, a guy like Billy Slater to be saying that about a, a 19-year-old kid, uh, that's massive rap indeed. Hmm. Hello, Dick. Hi, boys. Super Bowl 57, the Chiefs 38, the Eagles 35. Where did this Super Bowl rate for you overall? Well, I think it was a, it was a tremendous game. I think there are quite a few people, uh, especially those that were cheering for the Eagles, that thought we were robbed of a, an amazing two-minute potential you know, game-tying or game-winning uh, situation where Jalen Hurts could have gotten the ball, but uh, that was taken away by the James Bradbury holding call. And uh, instead, the Chiefs were able to, uh, to you know, milk all the clock, kick the game-winning field goal. So that was really the only downside of it and really was only a downside for people that, that wanted the Eagles to win. Other than that, I thought it was a spectacularly entertaining Super Bowl with ebbs and flows and different storylines. I mean, there was a point there, guys, where when, when Patrick Mahomes went down and he's grim, you see that right into the camera where he's just grimacing and he's limping onto the, onto the sidelines and he's sitting there, you know, with his head back on the, on the bench. And, you know, I, I thought it was done. I mean, I, I thought it was, I thought Patrick Mahomes needed to be the real Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs to win that game. And sure enough, the real Patrick Mahomes came out of the locker room and threw one incompletion the entire second half. And he did uh, what Chiefs fans hope he would do, and that is be the greatest quarterback of this generation and on track. I mean, long way to go, but on track to be in the conversation for greatest of all time because he has matched everything. Actually, he has exceeded what Tom Brady has done, at least in terms of MVPs over six years. He's got two Super Bowl MVPs and two regular season MVPs in his first six seasons. Tom Brady didn't do that. Dick, what we might do, your connection's not the best, so we might just reestablish that connection with Dick there uh, and uh, get back in touch with him. But uh, we're also going to talk to him about, as I mentioned, the golf earlier this morning. Gowie's coming up. Tiger Woods is playing this weekend at the Genesis uh, Invitational, isn't it, over there in the States? And he was making some comments yesterday about just how difficult it's been. And there's actually a a Netflix, you know, we've seen Drive to Survive. Uh, there's the tennis one out. Golf's got one uh, coming out, I think. I think it's actually just come out. Uh, but it will give a huge, obviously, behind-the-scenes look at the... Who do they follow? Uh, you know, various PGA players. Right. So it'll give us a real behind-the-curtains look at, you know, obviously the live v PGA Tour yeah. scenario. So it might be the best of the lot, well, considering what's going on. Well, isn't it funny now that these type of um, docos are the ones that people want to watch? And I think sports now are well aware of the impact it can have. So they're allowing it to happen. Whereas five years ago, you know, people were... And, and I'm, I'm, I was for, uh, one of these people that was like, no, nah, you, you don't go in there. You just don't go down that path. But it seems like all sports now are contemplating doing it and it looks as like it's going to be the way of the future. I think we've got you back there, Dick. You there? Apologise for that, boys. You were talking about Patrick Mahomes, Dick, but can I ask you, if Jalen Hurts played for Kansas City, do you think they still would have won? And Jalen Hurts, I thought he possibly could have been MVP on a losing side. Or does that, it doesn't well, work Jaylen, like that? He, yeah, Jalen Hurts would have been the MVP had the Eagles won that game. I you know, I agree with most people that said the Eagles have a better roster than the Chiefs outside the quarterback position. So I think if you swapped quarterbacks, I think that would have been a fairly easy win for the Eagles if you had Patrick Mahomes. Because the Eagles, I feel, are a better team. But the only reason I was picking the Chiefs, there were, there were two reasons, guys. Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And we saw how special Patrick Mahomes was. And we saw how special Andy Reid was in that second half. Think about how wide open those two touchdown plays were at the goal line. I mean, that is just master's class level offensive coordinator work by Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy. I mean, to get to get guys 
on one side of the end zone open by 10 yards and then later on another another guy open by 10 yards on the right side of the end zone those plays shouldn't happen ever they shouldn't happen in week two of the regular season let alone in the super bowl you should never be able to scheme a guy open by 10 yards let alone do it twice in one half that was just just masterful by andy Reid. dick so do you think the two defining factors the difference between the two teams were quarterback and coach absolutely because i think at the line of scrimmage, while Kansas City played very, very well, Kansas City's offensive line did not receive nearly as much praise going into this game as Philadelphia's mm-hmm. defensive line did. But Kansas City's offensive line was number one in allowing sacks in the uh, in the entire NFL, so they were ready for this. But I think that the general common sense was Philadelphia's line of scrimmage play on both sides of the ball was better than Kansas City's and if Kansas City wanted to win they needed Patrick Mahomes to be an MVP type player and he certainly was but they got the running game going guys too we talked about Pacheco last week I mean Isaiah Pacheco right off the bat running hard getting six yards per carry we I mean we talked about the difference the the massive difference between getting three yards a carry and getting four and a half five yards a carry well Pacheco was averaging six yards a carry and that just opens everything up for that Kansas City passing game he was superb Pacheco but Mm. from an Australian perspective uh, I guess Jordan Mylata he uh, was superb because he he certainly looked after Jalen Hurts but uh, I can only imagine what Aaron Sipos is copping in Philadelphia because that punt turned out to be very, very costly. One of the real, I guess, crucial points of the second half, Dick. It did, and, and I'm not putting it on the punter. Sometimes a, sometimes a punt return is the punter's fault, and I'll explain what, you, what I mean. If the punter outkicks his coverage and has no, no thought about the coverage team, and he's just like, I'm just going to kick it as far as I can. I'm going to kick it low line drive. Those are the worst types of punts. That really wasn't this situation. This was a massive breakdown by the punt coverage team. In fact, the punter was the only guy on the correct side of the field to try to make a tackle. It was just, it was something that obviously Kansas City saw on film that they could that they could block all the way down to the to the right side of the to the field and that Philadelphia would overcommit to one side. I counted 10 players on one side of a field. You should never on punts and kickoffs. I'm sure it's similar in in Aussie rules and in rugby. You got to stay in your lanes. You can't overcommit and put your entire team on one side of the field or that opens up a big time return and Kadarius Tony made one of the plays of the game with that return. I see Philly have lost their defensive coach and offensive coach for next season. They've both been named as head coaches of um, other other teams, Dick, the, the Colts and the Arizona. But just with Jonathan Gannon, I mean, they did come into this game uh, with a great defensive record, but they conceded plenty in the Super Bowl. So do you think Arizona would be sort of second-guessing themselves now? Well, a lot of people are second-guessing Arizona right now. Arizona is one of the, the big disasters in the NFL. There, there are very few teams right now in the NFL that you look at and just say, wow, they've got no direction, they've got bad salary cap, and Arizona is one of them. You just kind of have to trust Philadelphia fans and Philadelphia media on how big a loss it is, and they are seeing the Shane Steichen going to the Colts as a far bigger loss then they're seeing Jonathan Gannon go to Arizona. I mean, you're looking at Twitter, and Eagle fans are rejoicing that Jonathan Gannon's gone, and, and I think rightfully so. I mean, we just talked about the the adjustments, guys, at halftime. Andy Reid against Jonathan Gannon, and it was a complete mismatch. Andy Reid destroyed Jonathan Gannon in the second half of that Super Bowl. So as a Seahawk fan, I'm glad that Jonathan Gannon and Kyler Murray are in my uh, my division. <laughs> Okay, Aaron Rodgers on their darkness retreat. (laughs) We have a market on what his next team will be at Tab, and the the Raiders are the favourites at $2.45, Green Bay $3.50, and then it's the New York Jets at $4. Now, I'm tempted to have something on the Jets here. I've just got a feeling they're going to do something, Dick. What is the, um, I guess, prevailing thought on where he will be at the start of next season? Oh, man, guys. Aaron Rodgers is the most difficult human being to predict in, in all of sports. Um, uh, the Jets are going to come after him. There's no question about that. Uh, they, I think they feel like they're an Aaron Rodgers away from really competing favorably with the Bills in that division and potentially being a you know 11-12 win team and, and getting a high seed in the AFC playoffs because their defense is there and their running game is there. I mean, Brees Hall's really good. He got injured. 
But when he comes back, he's very, very good. Garrett Wilson, the offensive uh, rookie of the year. So they've got a lot of talent on that Jets team. Uh, so I think that's probably the best fit for him, I would think, would be the Jets. The question is, does Aaron Rodgers, does he want the attention? Right. I mean, he wants like social media attention. He always kind of wants to be out there. But does he want to be the guy in New York City? I I just have no idea because he's kind of outside of his controlled podcasts. He's he's a recluse. You can't be a recluse in New York City. So Vegas is interesting as well with Derek Carr no longer being there. I think that's probably a wash. I don't think the Raiders get any better necessarily bringing Aaron Rodgers in versus what they had in Derek Carr because I've always been kind of a pro Derek Carr guy myself. Where does he end up then, Dick? Derek Carr? He should go to the NFC South. I mean, he should go to the Panthers, uh, the Saints, one of those teams in the NFC South because now with Tom Brady gone, that division is wide open. It is the most wide open, all I need is a quarterback to win the division situation. Uh, all four of those teams are without quarterbacks. All four of those teams are very, very mediocre. As we saw, the, the, I mean, the, the Buccaneers with Tom Brady won the division with a losing record. So that tells you all you need to know about the rest of the division. I mean, one team that gets a, a, a legitimate quarterback there, even a semi-legitimate quarterback, is going to be able to go 8-9, and 9-8, nine, nine and, and win that division. Dick, in golf, we're about to see the great Tiger Woods back. We are, boys. Uh, not the greatest course for Tiger. Mm. Um, he's never won there in his prime. I certainly don't expect him to do very well there this week. It'd be great to see him make the cut, but uh, I don't know. I think this is going to be a, a warm-up for him, and, and potentially we'll see him a time or two again before the Masters. I wouldn't be surprised if he was at Bay Hill. He, he loves that course. Talk about a course that uh, Tiger's been able to destroy. Uh, it's been Arnold, Arnold Palmer's course at Bay Hill. But it's just great to see Tiger back. The, the, the PGA Tour is better with Tiger Woods. And, uh, you know, this is a ball striker's de- delight at Riviera this week. And, you know, I look, I like these two guys that are just red hot right now that have won tournaments lately. I mean, riding the hot hand of Scotty Scheffler and Max Homa, uh, two guys that have won the, the last three events on the PGA Tour. I'm, I'm kind of sticking with those guys this week. And in the NBA, we got the All-Star game coming up. I mean, it is just yeah, almost a waste of time, isn't it now, Dick? But uh, particularly <laughs> interested in what's going on in Brooklyn because uh, we saw some comments from Jacques Vaughan the other day saying he, even he doesn't really know what to do with Ben Simmons. He's now clearly the highest paid player on that side, taking up $35 million, I think, US in uh, their salary cap. And yet the other day, I think he played 13 minutes and got two points. So uh, Brooklyn, that is a bit of a tire fire now after losing Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Well, yeah, it, it was an uh, experiment failed, right? I mean, uh, we really didn't have any idea how those guys were going to play together. We all knew the talent was there. I mean, if you just look at the talent on the on the floor with, with Brooklyn, it was as good as any team in, in the NBA. But you need more than talent to win championships. You need cohesion. You need teams that have been together for a long time, and that's what we're seeing in Boston with Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. It's what we're seeing in Milwaukee with with Giannis and those guys that they have just been together so long. They play excellent defense. Uh, Brooklyn did neither of those things. And, uh, yeah, I think it's just – you can't get rid of Ben Simmons. I mean, you have to either play him or you just have to cut him. I mean, no, nobody's going to trade anything for Ben Simmons uh, because it's not an expiring contract. So um, I think you're just going to wait, have to wait until uh, Ben Simmons has an expiring contract and then deal him off mate enjoy thank you so much all right guys we'll talk to you next week and lots of texts here pointing out it's the trundle boomers by the way thanks to fj from dubbo and many others uh the trundle boomers uh and what's this trundle boomers you need a packed lunch to cross the main street cheers Wide streets there in Trundle. <laughs> this one's right up Loz's alley, and it's to do with being a hero among your mates, having a great day out. So anyone who purchases two tickets to the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch in one transaction from the ATC's website this week goes into the draw to win eight more tickets to make it a full table. So basically, you buy a ticket for you and your mate or your partner or whoever, and then you've got a chance to be able to take eight more people or members of your punters club, your sports team, your social club, maybe even your family. Whoever you like, you can just take them along with you for free, potentially. You'll enjoy a beautiful lunch in the gorgeous new wink stand overlooking the home straight there at Royal Randwick. You get a drinks package, great entertainment, and, uh, well, you'll get be a hero amongst uh, the other eight people if you can get them in for free, no doubt about that. Just head to australianturfclub.com.au, australianturfclub.com.au to get your tickets 
Secure your seats for the Big Sports Breakfast Lunch next Friday, Feb 24. Massive game in the Premier League. Nine minutes in, Arsenal and Manchester City. Arsenal three points clear of City, who would go top if they were to beat Arsenal this morning. They would go top on goal difference. City have played one game more than Arsenal, but uh, just chipped away in recent times at Arsenal's lead on the Premier League table. As you were pointing at the screen before, did I miss something? Uh, no, all you missed was one of the Arsenal players just doing their fake dive. Ah, oh, okay, right. Going down injured, that was all. Mm-hmm. Well, um, uh, all the neutrals, I think, are on Arsenal here. Well, let's see how it all unfolds. We know. Uh, I tell you what, I'm no football expert, but they've been fluffing around with the ball, Man City, early. They had the ball down there about for five minutes and they didn't have one shot at goal. Mm-hmm. Frustrates you. They just kept passing it. Good organisation in defence, maybe we put that down to. Oh, well, I'm just have a go, mate. I'm shot. just saying have a shot. Yeah. Just have a go. Just have a go. Someone's got to see a little opening, surely. <laughs> Uh, tonight, by the way, the Matildas playing in Gosford in the Cup of Nations match against the Czech Republic. Just on that, if I was playing soccer, I think I'd be a hog. <laughs> I think I'd have, I think I would have a shot, have a shot every time it come to me mm. if I was playing up front. I think I'd have to. I, 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 think, I think I would. Because I don't like it when they just keep passing the ball to each other and no one has a crack. That's all. Mm. That's all, Mitter. I just wanted to get that out there. No, you'd be. Do you a reckon hog. I would be a hawk? Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, and you'd definitely be a striker. Yeah, I'd have you're to not be playing a back half. No. I don't want to do too much sure. running. Gee, no, you're ball. not defending. You'd blow up at everyone who didn't give you the ball <laughs> too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> or for the service. Oh, that was poor service. <laughs> Hit me on the feet and I'll score every time. Oh, laces sorry, mate. up, laces you're up. Allowed, you're allowed the ball. to move. You're allowed to take two steps to your left. How are you, Gowie? Yeah, good. Thanks, fellas. Morning. Uh, okay, first let's wrap the Phoenix Open and uh, what did you make of what we saw there last week with Scotty Scheffler who struggled to hit a fairway, didn't he, in his final round but just was still too good and Jason Day, a top five finish. Yeah, good finish for Jason Day and it, and it was good to see in the back nine, I was watching it closely, um, the type of shots he was trying to hit and he was executing them, you know, new coach, well, he's had him over a year now, Chris Como, and they were trying to change a lot of things to make sure his body is a lot better through a season, and not that he plays a massive schedule. He'll play 25 events, you know, probably, you know, that'll be the max for him. Um, but the shots that he was executing were, were really good, and he was, uh, and they're under the heat. You know, he's trying to get his top 10s and play a lot better, and that was good. Scotty Scheffler, on the other hand, um, it was like an octopus falling out of a tree when you watch him play. It's unbelievable. His arms and legs and things going everywhere. He's a terrible ball striker. Well, not terrible, but he's not a great ball striker. But he's a he's a competitor that just he, he just wears you down. Him and him and Jordan Spieth are on they're very very similar. They haven't got the greatest goal swings. They're not the best ball strikers, but they're the best competitors. And uh, at the end of the day, he's going down the stretch with Nick Taylor, a Canadian who has won, but um, you know really hasn't really contended in big events like that. And you know Nick Taylor, the runner-up last week, that was the first elevated event. He made two point one million dollars for runner up. How about that? How about that for failing? You get paid two point one. Too good, Gowie. We've got the Phoenix Open on now, and obviously it was last week. And they've got the party hole, yep. you know, there at the moment. And I had a couple of mates that went over there, and they just said it's the best thing they've ever done. They said it was unbelievable. But mate, my my question is: Does this happen at any other golf course? And if not, why not? Yeah, it, it does. Well, it sort of changed a bit. This all started in a place called Flint, Michigan, where it was the headquarters of Buick. And they had a little hole there, the 17th, that they, um, it was only like, a, oh, geez, it was only probably uh, 130 or 40 metres long. They started it some 30 or 40 years ago. And, oh, I mean, they were the most educated crowd of all time. They, they could tell you, you know, what you had for breakfast, basically, and they'd throw abuse at you. So that's where it all started. And then it transported firmed into uh, forward into Phoenix probably 25 years ago or probably yeah about that now you know the day when Tiger had his holding one there and they went crazy so that was when he first started playing on tour so uh, it's just grown and it's an amazing week anyway so off course that you don't see across the road there's this big paddock with a massive massive tent and it's just party all week like it's Tuesday night there it's called the crow's nest and your mates would have gone there. Well, actually, I don't know if they would have because there's a little radar there. If you're 
of the ugly sort, you can't get in. It's only for good-looking people. <laughs> so they might have got in there. But it's an amazing place. I did go on the Tuesday night because I had a tour badge and I could yeah. get in, and a bunch of us went to have a look, and it's off the charts. It's I just think that it work. I think at certain tournaments, it'd have to work because you just get a different crowd going, wouldn't you? Yeah, it, it does, Loz, to a certain extent. Here in Australia, it's all got to do with population. We, we haven't got enough people, and everybody follows rugby league, cricket, or mm. AFL in this country. So, uh, you know, golf is the red chips stepchild in, in the in the world of golf, or the Australian golf. So uh, we, we don't get much chance. But, hey, they're working on it. And, and you know, that's this week we've got the TPC event at, at Bonnie Doon, and, and that's part of starting to see the young kids of today who might be at Phoenix next year or the year after. Well, who do you like in that event this week, then? Yeah, it'll be a cracking event. Hosted by Brayton Astor. He'll be out there. All the all the Roosters players were out at the Pro-Am yesterday. Uh, actually, interesting enough, Dean Lawson, who won last year uh, on this tour, he shot 59-13 under in the Pro-Am. I know it's not you're not in deep competition, but it's still you know, 59 to 59. Uh, that, that was a big score. Uh, Jared Felton won this event last year in a rain-shortened event to Brendan Jones. Michael Hendry won last week uh, for the for the men at the Big Open. I like Jake McLeod at twenty six bucks. Uh, I've tipped him on this show before. He's a European Tour player, Queenslander. That's the only thing I don't like about him. But uh, he um, he is a hell of a player, and I think it's it's time for him to shine to then get back overseas and, and uh, get amongst them. And, and another young kid called Austin Batista, who you probably wouldn't have heard of, but he was a junior member at this golf course, and he's a really good player. He's at thirty four dollars. So. Um, I've had a little something on both of those. But a good field. It's the men and women that are in the field this week. Grace Kim, this is her last event before she goes and tackles the LPGA after her getting her tour card there last year. So pop out to Bonnie Doon. It starts this morning uh, all the way through to uh, Sunday. And the weather looks fantastic. The golf course is, is one of our best in Sydney. So uh, make sure you get out there. And you, you'll see all the young stars. You'll see some of the old blokes out there. Lon Arnold will be there. O'Malley will be there. Brendan Jones that you don't see much from Canberra. Uh, he'll, he'll be there, so uh, pop in and say good day. And you'll see me on course doing commentary, believe it or not, dribbling about the game uh, on Saturday, <laughs> Sunday. Gary, what's this new role for Adam Scott? Yeah, interesting. Uh, the Players Advisory Council. Yeah, you know, Scotty's always stayed away from this sort of stuff, but uh, you know, with the live stuff going on, and now Tiger and and McElroy pretty much uh, owning the PGA Tour these days. Uh, he's been enticed to become the chairman. So he'll be the chairman of the Players Advisory Council, which have got a lot more say now than they've ever had. In all the years of the PGA Tour running the tour, all of a sudden the, player, the players have the voice. Because if the PGA Tour currently, they have the upper hand on the Live Tour with the players and the top 19 players in the world uh, now playing this week at the Genesis Open. Uh, invitational, sorry. So uh, it's actually quite an important role. And, uh, you know, Scotty's always been that, you know, the quiet achiever. He just goes and does his business and moves on to the next event or goes home. So uh, for him to take this role is, uh, is is quite unusual. But I think he'll do a good job. He's a deep thinker. He um, he thinks about it all before he, it comes out of his mouth. And um, I think he'll do a fantastic job. Uh, now, just a question on the or a comment on the text line. Got to ask Gowie about Rain Gibson on the Corn Ferry Tour. Says Night Owl Nev. Yeah, my bad. I didn't actually put him in that. Uh, he fabulous win last week on the Corn Ferry, and he's a guy that's jumped between the PGA Tour and the Corn Ferry for a, a number of years now. Uh, I tell you what, his work ethic is as, as good as I've ever seen in the game of golf. He just keeps working at it. You know, during COVID, he played where he could. He, he tried his best. He hasn't been home for three or four years now because of COVID. I think he's coming home after that. I, I send the presser and he's going to come home. And, you know, he's got a little tacker these days and, you know, he's juggling you know, life on the Corn Ferry Tour and uh, and home and the kids and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, yeah, fabulous. It was awesome to see him win. And, yeah, actually, that's my bad for not uh, mentioning him today. But uh, thanks for that, caller. The great Tiger Woods is back, Gowie. Yeah. Well, this will be interesting. You know, he's, he's saying all the right things like he has his entire career, that he's here for the W, he's here for the win, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it's a, it's going to be very, very difficult. He, he hasn't really played well around Riviera. He grew up around the area. The golf course is a ball striker's golf course, um, and he's a ball striker. But, you know, you can't, 
I just can't see him contending. You know, if he makes the cut, that'd be fantastic. He doesn't. He never likes to hear that to make the cut. But this is all in preparation for the Masters. I don't think we'll see him before the Masters. If we do, um, it'd be unusual because the amount of work he has to do to get ready for one event. He hasn't walked 72 holes in a very, very long time. Uh, 36 holes. You know, in competition was the last time at the Players' Championships. He played in the cart when he played at his event in the Bahamas, all that sort of stuff. So um, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see. But just to have him back is just awesome. You know, they go from that press conference, they normally have around about, oh, you know, 20 to 30 people in the press conference. And they had like 300 packed out in the um, uh, in the press conference. They had to have a bigger place uh, to, to hold the press conference. So that's what he brings to the game of golf. Who are you tipping in that tournament? Now, this is a cracking event. Like, there's players everywhere that are playing so damn good. And I had to go through back through a bunch of stats. But I'm, I'm hanging tough with Justin Thomas, who I tipped last week. He finished fourth. He sort of didn't get the like the, you know, the middle part of his you know uh, week that well. He hit some loose shots here and there, but I think he'll be primed. He's on a, only at 13 bucks. The tab have got it right there. But I've gone a bit wide with the, the roughy this week. Bo Hosler, I have tipped him on this before. He's he's coming of age. He's a really good player. He shot 800 in the final round. He could have shot 12 the way he played. He's at 151 bucks. So I've taken him in a few multis in top five, top 10, top 20. Top 20 is five bucks. So that's a that's a no-brainer to, to have something on him there. But uh, four Aussies, I reckon Adam Scott is obviously our best player there. He's one round there a couple of times. Finished fourth there last year. And, you know, Jay Day's playing well. Kim Davis is back. Her... Uh, Lucas Herbert played well last week, but not. Uh, he made the cut, but uh, didn't contend. But uh, who knows? This is this is my favourite golf course on the PGA Tour. This is uh, this is a real, real tough, solid golf course. Will you be watching Full Swing on Netflix? Oh, it came out yesterday, so yeah, I've already watched a little bit of it. I haven't watched all of it, but uh, yeah, it's been anticipated. There's some really good stuff because the beginning of this show is a bit of. They know that Liv's coming, but it's not here yet. So, uh, you know, Poulter's really good in this. They've got uh, Joel Damon that you guys wouldn't have heard much about, but Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth. McElroy, you get a good side in him, but you don't get any personal stuff behind the scenes stuff with him. It's just all golf. But uh, I haven't spoiled it, but it's, uh, yeah, it's the new drive to survive for golf. We needed it because it gets a bit boring, you know, in those early parts of golf. Good on you, Gowie. Have a great weekend, mate. Thanks, fellas. Punt well. And De Bruyne has just scored for Manchester City. 1-0 up. 25th minute there at the Emirates this morning. Top of the table clash in the Premier League. City against Arsenal and Loz. Uh, did he hog it? No, he, that was just oh, brilliant. Oh, that is a sensational goal. He's just chipped the, the keeper it. from outside the box. And just curls it over his head, you know. That's pretty special. Oh, the keeper's caught in no man's land there a bit. Because if you come out, you've got to go all the way, Loz. So he's, yeah, it's a sensational finish, though, isn't it? De Hang Bruyne. on. What was the pass from the Arsenal defender? He passed it no, to No, no, that was, that was a City. That was City. That oh, Arsenal defender kicked, kicked it. it to the City dude. Yeah, he did. All oh, right. Okay. What's he thinking? Yeah, okay. Look, yeah. now he's getting a spray from his captain. Dude, you, your goal's the other end. <laughs> Why are you kicking it to your keeper? Good oh, was it a pass back? Oh, okay. Yeah, really he went the pass, pass back to the yeah. to the keeper. Gee, I tell you what, that fan's happy. Anyway, one nil, City over Arsenal. Go City! What? I don't know. I just know. Heard you say you wanted Arsenal to win. Some yeah, going for City. We don't want Manchester City to win. Yeah, no. after the chaos of they're, 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 they're ripping the system off. See? I want them to win. Mm. I reckon it's just everyone's on them because the dude's got too much money. They're doing too well, so let's bring them down. Let's try and bag them. Unbelievable. 135353 is the open line number. <laughs> uh, by the way, the UFC, the debate's still raging over the fight on uh, Sunday between Alex Volkanovsky and Islam Makachev. There's actually been no change in the pound-for-pound rankings despite the result. So Volkanovsky is still number one. Should be. In the pound-for-pound rankings. Oh, I suppose pound he, for pound. Yeah, pound no, for pound. Okay, not, not in there, because remember, he went he's, up the division. He, sorry, I'm thinking he's featherweight, isn't he, Volkanovski? Uh, yes, and he fought at lightweight okay, to try, so he, try and win both He belts. shouldn't lose his featherweight ranking. That should stay at number one. But he should lose pound for pound. Isn't that what the fight was about? Well, The yeah, fight I mean, was number one and number two, pound for pound. Who is number one? Well, we just found out. 
Well, that's the <laughs> argument, isn't it? Isn't that what the fight was, though? Well, uh, I guess there's so much conjecture over who actually won the fight. <laughs> what? Mate, hang on a second. The judges have made a call. I right, agree with wrong, you. I'm just trying left, to think right, why they haven't down. done it. Yeah, the judges have made a call. Unfortunately, mate, I'm Aussie. I want a Volkanovski to win as well. Don't get me wrong. I hope there's a rematch. And he does win. But he's lost the fight. So how do the pound-for-pound rankings stay the same? How does he not go to number two now? He just lost. He went up a division, I suppose. You could make that argument. Okay, so tell old mate to go down a division. If that's, what that. he, if that's what he has to do, make it one, one or different divisions. But Volkanovski knew that when he took the fight. He said that. He was willing to risk that. That just, I, I don't know how that makes sense. Unless it's best of three. Then I'd fair lo- call. I'd love to see another one. Yeah. I, I didn't see the fight, so I, I, I don't know. But mm. the people that watched the fight tell me that it was very close, but they thought the yeah. other guy. Well, whatever, whatever it is, whether you agree with the result or not, the result's the result, so surely the rankings have to change because that's what the fight was about. Number one, pound for pound, versus number two, pound for pound. And the number one just got knocked off the tree. Yeah, until That's, he beats him, he goes. He's number two now. Your, your argument is very logical, yeah. Clark. He'll beat him next time. I, I hope so. I, I'd love yeah. to see him fight again. Yeah, I, I, I think he will. From all reports, you know, it was was two rounds to three. Was it? Is that what that? Oh, Bogdanovsky certainly won the last round. Started slow, didn't he? Um, oh no, his first round was all right. His was first right? round, he put a couple on him. Yeah, right. I reckon he. I reckon he. Didn't realise Volkanovski was as strong, strong as he was. was yeah. yeah, he probably could have won. He probably he probably won two out of the five. I reckon yeah. Volkanovski. By the way, uh, with the weather report being trundle today, how about this from Wilbur, who's taken the effort to write this text? Hey, fellas, a bit of trundle trivia for you. Trundle's about seventy kilometres southwest of Parks, has the widest main street in New South Wales. The Trundle Hotel has one of the longest verandas in New South Wales. Town population approximately 300. The local footy oval, uh, Berryman Oval, the local footy club run extremely well by local volunteers, as is the case in all small communities, and has the support of approximately 30 sponsors. The boomers are the men, the ladies are the sunflowers. Years ago, the men's team used to be called the sunflowers. The local cricket side's called the Trundle Ducks, and they play league in the Woodbridge Cup. Yes, they do, against towns such as Yugara, Cargo, which is 10 minutes from where I grew up, Peak Hill, Cabon. A great little community. Cheers, Wilbur. Good on you, Wilbur. So there you go, pup. There's there you your go. education Love for it. today. History. And I'm guessing and they're probably again. listening on the parks frequency, I guess. So g'day to everyone listening via 99.9.